0: It's Please message us. Oh, and fair warning we are not spoiler free.
1: Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. This is Marin. This is Emily. And I'm B, And this is Remember Remember Twilight. Twilight. (laughs) Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Remember Twilight. This week we are continuing our series of interviews for FTF slash fandom get to know you's. And on this week we are just absolutely blessed to be joined by the amazing V, or as a lot of you will recognize her, Mary Alice Brandon. V, welcome
2: to the podcast. Thank you so much (laughs) for having me on. I think this is my second time on the show and I'm thrilled that you invited me back.
1: Oh my gosh, we've just been waiting to have you back. It's just been like that was one of the greatest episodes we ever did. And we had so many listeners on that one. And so many people came to the Instagram live and it was just like, we were, I just like, can't think of a better word than blessed when I think about it. Cause it's, It just like, I don't know. Um, it's just been like an amazing experience to get to work with you. <laughs> so we're so glad to have you back. Would you mind introducing yourself including your name and pronouns?
2: Yes. So my name is VL. You may know me as Mary Alice Brandon on TikTok and Instagram, and I go by she, her pronouns. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So yeah, we had you on, it's been like two years now. So we have a lot of new listeners and a lot of people who have been anxiously awaiting for us to finally do more interviews who are going to be thrilled that you're back on. Um, but for those of our listeners who don't know you already, will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, well, welcome new listeners. Um, if this is your first time meeting me, so blessed to be able to connect with all of you through the wonderful Remember Twilight podcast. As I mentioned earlier, my name is VL and I am the official Alice Cullen cosplayer for the city of Forks, Washington with my cosplay group, The Olympic Cousin. So we are the official in-house entertainment of the annual Forks Twilight Festival called Forever Twilight in Forks. And that's a little bit about me and uh, my place in the fandom, I guess.
1: Let me see. One of the things that we want to know about you Because we've heard this story from everybody else. Everybody's heard mine and Emily's story about how we came across Twilight. Like, what is your Twilight origin story?
2: It's a, I think it's a pretty good one. So uh, I actually read Twilight in January of 2008. And I feel like that was really around the time when people were starting to really pick up steam around Twilight in online communities. And um, an online community that I followed uh, around celebrity gossip and casting and films and TV uh, was really starting to get hyped about the upcoming Twilight film. I think that was around the time when the cast was starting to be announced and there was speculation around dream casting and who would be Edward and who would be Bella. And I had no idea what anyone was talking about. I'd never heard of Twilight, even though I am like a lifelong young adult reader, I had never heard of Twilight. So I wanted to kind of be in on the conversation. And I was looking for a distraction at that time as well, because I had recently got out of a long term relationship, I was kind of down in the dumps looking for something to fill my time and Twilight and how everyone was talking about it seemed like the possible perfect distraction. <laughs> so I actually, I went and I found it in January, in the middle of winter, obviously. And I found it in in, in the bookstore as you would. And just immediately seeing the cover, I was like, oh, I would have picked this up anyway. I mean, it was gorgeous. The hands, the apple, the intrigue, what's going on here? I needed to know. So I took it home. I read it and I fell in love instantly. And, and when I say instantly, I mean, I stumbled out in the middle of a snowstorm the same week to pick up new moon and eclipse. And that's all that was <laughs> out at that time. And then from there, um, all my real life friends were part of this online community too, but none of them had read Twilight. So I said, you guys, you need to read this book. (laughs) Loved it. There's three of them out. A fourth one is coming. There's a movie coming. Like we need to get in on the, well, it wasn't really the ground floor at that time. We were like three years too late by that point, (laughs) but it felt like getting in on the ground floor for the film, you know? So all my friends read Twilight and there was a common thread that came back from each of them, which was when I was reading Twilight, I pictured this Alice character as you. (laughs) And I was like excuse me, because I was reading Twilight. And so like I said, I just gotten out of a relationship. I didn't feel great about myself. You know, I had a lot on my mind. Alice was a character I recognized as being kind of similar to me in demeanor and, you know, hobbies and being the perpetual optimist. And I kind of shelved her. I was like, I know you as a character. You're kind of like me. I, I want something different. I want something new. Now, Edward, he was very intriguing to me because, you know, heartbroken sad and here comes this wonderfully sparkly charming charismatic vampire who loves this main character for eternity and that just felt so (laughs) how do you not fall in love with that when you're missing something in your own life at that time right so yeah um, Yeah. my focus was very much on Edward but when my friends started comparing me to Alice I was like hmm I started to see the potential a little bit there especially because I've long been a cosplayer even before cosplaying alice i've cosplayed from animes like sailor moon and chobits and i i'm always kind of looking for you know or at that time i was always looking for like what's the next character who else can i cosplay right and with the natural comparisons between me and alice and the movie coming out and you know little events along the way like the breaking dawn midnight release party that was hosted in my city you know they encouraged us to dress up as the characters and come as sort of like a masquerade ball style and so i did i dressed as alice i put my own little look together And then when the movie finally came out, you know, and we saw those final looks and things like that, I finally had something to more like aspire toward, right? With Alice, like, okay, now we know what she wore. Now we know how they styled her hair, what the makeup looked like, what the contact lenses looked like. So I could start putting together some screen accurate stuff. And it all really started from there with a little bit of encouragement from my friends. That's incredible.
1: (laughs) Now having actually like finally, when I met you last year and you were in your, Alice cosplay. And it was just, I mean, ridiculously perfect, but I was like, Oh my gosh, V is Alice. You're just like, you're, you just embody everything. You're just, you're tiny and you're, you're sweet and you're fun and you're bubbly. I mean, that might just be you acting. I didn't really get to hang out with you like as V, but like, I was just like, this is absolutely perfect. So I can, if I had, been your friend back then I would have been like okay hello Alice you have to do this (laughs) especially if I knew that you were into cosplay like it just kind of was perfect so
2: that's amazing thank you so much for the compliments I think um you know I I match a lot of similarities in terms of how Alice was described in the books you know especially at that time I was only 21 so she's described as being like very slight and like you know, short black hair and large eyes. And I had all of that at the time. Like I said, I had something to aspire toward with Ashley Green and her portrayal. Um, And a lot of people ask me, do you think you look like Ashley Green? And the answer is a resounding no. I mean, she is so 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 stunning one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life but there is definite power in transformation you know when you get the contact lenses and the makeup and the hair and the costume I think it creates enough of an optical illusion that people sort of glean more of maybe a resemblance than would naturally be there so you know if you were to see me walking down the street you absolutely wouldn't think oh you know Alice or you look like Ashley Green but I think power of transformation is a real thing so (laughs) yeah 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 no, I think
1: I would, I would think Alice, in fact, if I had met you, I probably would have thought Bella just cause you know, you're like skin tone and you're little, but um, I wouldn't think Ashley green, but it's like the way that you do the mu- the makeup and the way that you do your, you know, you have your hair and everything is like, it's such an art form to be able to transform into that. It's, it's really is it's art, it's artistry and you do it very well. It's really so amazing to see.
2: Thank you. And we certainly have a lot of help come Mm -hmm. to Forever Twilight and Forks. I mean, we have a Patreon that fans help us fund, you know, basically everything we do in Forks. So they help us fund things like new contact lenses, new wigs, costume pieces. They help us uh, pay for our photographers, for our makeup artists, um, you know, for our hairstylists, all the things that allow us to put together basically a tiny film crew to bring together this to bring to light this illusion in Forks, I mean, it is a transformation and there is magic to it, but I definitely can't claim all of that for myself because I have amazing makeup artists working on me every morning. I have people, you know, creating beautiful wigs for me, sometimes helping me put them on, steaming my costumes for me, making sure I'm fed. So it really is like a fully hands on production. And we couldn't be more grateful for the people who, A, help fund that for us, those fans on Patreon who just want to see us succeed, and B, the crew on the ground in Forks who takes care of our well-being and makes sure that we're presenting the best possible you know coven for the fans during forever twilight and fork so yeah big shout out to those people because we could not do it without them
1: I mean we're patrons so
2: (laughs) could not do it without you (laughs) Uh,
0: so it's really cool to hear that you've been kind of like perfecting and tweaking your take on Alice for 14 years now That dedication is just something that I don't think I'll ever reach with anything. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But I want to hear more about like when you started to get involved with the festival Mm -hmm. and how your role um, has kind of progressed with them.
2: Yeah. So actually, my first time in Forks was in 2010. And uh, it was a trip that I took with my uh, friend, Christy Lynn, who plays Bella for the Olympic Coven. And we decided to uh, meet up in Forks. It was the first time either of us were meeting in person. And we wanted to go to the Eclipse DVD release party that they were hosting in Forks that year. So we met at the airport. Again, first time meeting offline. Our moms each thought we were serial killers looking to murder each other. And luckily, here we are. We're still alive this like beautiful friendship emerged from that we were in Forks for nearly a week we were both cosplayers by that point so we brought our costumes with us we ran around town you know dressed as Alice and Bella took photos met some really cool people and one of the people we met was this lady named Stacy who Christy Lynn actually already knew and ironically enough she ran a business called Alice's Closet she had kind of clothing and jewelry items and things in the front and she was turning the back into a sort of esthetician's practice to do like eyebrows and makeup and things like that so when we walked into her store she said oh my god it's Alice and Bella in the flesh (laughs) and that was really flattering obviously because you know you go to Forks and you want to be welcomed by the locals and you want people to like understand what you're doing with your hair and your makeup and you know things like that and and be visually recognized I guess as the character you're going for And it was so validating to have her respond so positively. And we got to talking to her, and she actually told us about a dream that she had about you know making forks kind of like Disneyland for Twilight fans. She wanted forks to be a place that people could come to and feel as though they might actually find a vampire around the corner or in the woods or a werewolf prowling the push. So she really thought that there was a lot of potential as a real life physical location, which not every book has, you know, it's so special to be able to go to a place that actually exists and see where the inspiration came from. And she wanted fans to be able to do the same thing, come there, feel like Twilight was real, come for Twilight, stay for Forks and kind of blossom tourism around Twilight in Forks. So she told us she was planning to create kind of a look-alike. Group for Forks, the same way you might be able to come to Disney and meet Mickey Mouse or Princess Ariel or something. She wanted people to be able to do that with the vampires. So we formed the Olympic Coven around me and Chrissy Lynn, and we started casting for other roles. I believe our Edward Allen was next. And she told us that, you know, there was this fan festival that had been happening for a few years and was sort of a one-day affair at that time, but she felt that it could be something bigger and maybe encompass a whole weekend. And from there, uh, the Olympic Coven went to what is what was previously called Stephanie Meyer Day, now called Forever Twilight and Forks, uh, for the first time in 2011. So yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. Unfortunately, I wasn't part of the group that went in 2011 or 2012 because I had a different job at that time and like work conflicts every September when the festival falls. Um, but I was finally able to come as Alice in 2013, and I've been every year ever since and it's just been such an amazing ride.
1: Oh my gosh I'm so glad we asked that I had no idea.
2: That That is is so cool yeah. (laughs) Yeah it was just it felt like this really chance encounter at the right moment in time with the right person who had a vision big enough to kind of support you know those dreams and what she felt Forks could be as a destination and then of course the city took over uh, like the festival formally in 2015. Um, It was really nice to get you know, the city involved because the festival used to be kind of like independently run in those times, which meant it was harder to get funding, you know, make sometimes harder to get businesses on board and uh, curate a really cohesive experience. But when the city came on board and started running it, it was just one of those opportunities to make it even bigger and grander and have sort of the might of the city of Forks behind it and the legitimacy of that, which is when we started to get, you know, really big guests. And Stephanie Meyer herself came in 2015 And um, we were able to expand our coven with, you know, different types of roles, for example. So yeah, it's been just this like really great expansion and discovery process. Uh, Ever since that first time I, I started as Alice in 2013, it just feels like it gets bigger and better every year.
1: Well, and it just feels kind of like you and Christy Lynn were kind of in a way like a springboard for like, let's just do it. We have people who are willing to do it. Let's just do it. Let's get this group together. I just, I think that's amazing. Like... I would have absolutely cried my eyes out if I had seen you guys when <laughs> Emily and I were in Forks. <laughs> like, I'm like 2010, we were there in 2011, dang it. But Aww. it's like, I just would have loved to have seen that like da- walking down the street. Cause every time I did go there, I kind of we were all like oh my gosh this is where they went to high school so yeah it's it is magical and seeing you guys there last year walking around was it was like magic it was like Disneyland it was it was incredible
2: well, thank even- you and I was yeah. gonna say I think you I think you guys were exactly the type of fan that Stacey had in mind when she mm-hmm. had that original vision right those people who come and love it so much that they want to believe that some element <laughs> of it could be real right and and some people might say, oh, that's silly, or, you know, that's just fantasy, you know, it's not real. But why can't we, we live in a little bit of fantasy every so often? It's, it's, it's fun, and it feels good. And, um, you know, it's just it's just nice to, to meet people who have, you know, the same love for Twilight and the same love for creativity and suspension of disbelief and are, are willing to like put aside what they know is real and true to indulge in a little bit of fantasy. And that's fun. And that's what keeps us from truly growing up, I think. And it's good to have a little bit of that kid in you.
1: No, it is fun. And it, it just like, it lends credence to the thought of like, let people enjoy things. I mean, so here, like it was a long time ago and Emily was a teenager and I was an adult, but it was like, we just wanted to have fun and enjoy this thing that we loved. And, you know, there was a lot of pressure from society to be like, that's so stupid or whatever, but it's like, who cares? Like, we love it. We want to enjoy it. Let us love it. Let us enjoy it. And so it's like, it feels really nice now to just be able to let go of that expectation and that Oh, we can't like things that we like and just be like, no, we do. We just like what we like. And I feel that with our like our listeners who have been like, I love that I can come to your podcast and and hear other people talk about how much they like it without being embarrassed about it. And it's like, yeah, but it's it is, it's like it's so amazing to have the coven and and you know, the groups who are like, Yeah, just love it, just love it for what it is and enjoy it. I love it. It's awesome.
2: Exactly. And I think, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but I'm seeing a little bit of the opposite right now in other fandoms. Stranger Things, for example, has really been blowing up on TikTok. And, you know, we've lived through a pandemic the last two years and releasing new media during a pandemic like Stranger Things dropping a new um, season means that there are um different opportunities for fans to create and cosplay and get together because conventions are back now right mm-hmm. and um what do you what do cosplayers do when they go to conventions they create brand new builds you know they showcase the new characters they fell in love with and so a lot of people have been cosplaying characters from this latest season of Stranger Things and that's caused a lot of backlash I think on TikTok from other fans oh you know, going to this, these conventions is so embarrassing. How can these grown adults cosplay and they must be brand new fans because they're all cosplaying Eddie and Christie and blah, blah, blah. Like there's just something that, there's just been a lot of criticism that I feel comes from people being self-conscious about liking the things that they like.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and then, so when they feel, then when they see somebody liking it, maybe even a little bit more and like physically expressing that through fan art or fan fiction or cosplay, they like can't handle it they don't know what to do with that those feelings and maybe they've never been part of fandom before so they like lash out and they get embarrassed and they distance themselves from it and i think what we've created here in forks and you know through safe spaces like your podcast and um you know through our little corner of the fandom on instagram is this opportunity to just be yourself and feel content with liking something and feeling supported and loving it so yeah, I think that's what our little corner of the fandom represents is a safe space for Twilight. Preach. Love yeah, it. I definitely feel like Twilight fans
0: have kind of endured enough to be able in 2022 to be like, you know what, it is what it is because you guys keep adding like more and more cosplayers every year, which is insane to me that there's still like new people wanting to get involved and come
2: and hang out in Forks. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We just added a new Renesmee to the cast, which is perfect. Um, our first Renesmee, Samantha, who now plays our Rosalie, you know, she was cast as Renesmee when she was around 12 years old. So she's really grown up in the role. It's part of what helped her decide she wanted to become an actor. And, you know, she's played Bella first in the past. Now she's Rosalie. It was really fun for her to be able to pass that torch to a new little performer who now is also going to get to grow up, you know, doing this. And, we also have another new character that we'll be uh, announcing a little bit later in the month after their test photos come back. So, like you said, there's new people wanting to be involved all the time, which kind of expands the fan experience because I think there's something about each of the Cullens or the werewolves or the nomads that people can see themselves in. It's like liking the Spice Girls, right? Like, you, you or, <laughs> or whoever boy band, it's like you see yourself in like, I'm like the crazy one. So I'm ginger spice. You know, like, you know, you see somebody you can relate to. I feel like the Cullens are the same. Like you like latch onto the one who you like feel most connected to or is like most like you and being able to have each character represented makes a different facet of like each fan feel represented in Forts as a result. Like, oh, Esme's here. Like I'm the Esme of my friend group. Like I want to go get a picture with her, you know? So
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's why we love to have a full coven come and add as many characters as we can because we want fans to be able to see themselves and their favorites represented. Yeah, um, I noticed
0: that during our booth last year is people would come up and they would like very shyly be like, do you have any Victoria merch? Like they were just like, you know, whoever their favorite like offshoot character was. And it was like, I need to remember that because there are people who come, who have like smaller roles that they relate to and they want to see represented there, which I think is really cool that you guys actually have people walking around as almost the entire cast. It's so cool.
2: Thank you. We try, we try our best. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It it can be hard to get everyone in the same place year over year, obviously, you know, family and job and life priorities can change, which is, you know, why we sometimes have to recast um, actors, for example, but as long as we can continue to represent the characters themselves, you know, and to the best of our ability, it almost doesn't even matter who's playing them as long as they bring that essence of the character to life, so.
1: I can't wait to see you guys again this year. Um, And speaking of the festival, we have a bunch of friends who are coming who've never been before. And I know that there are lots of people who don't really know what to expect. They send us messages like, what What is it like? Where should I stay? What should we do? What would you, as somebody who's like a a pro, uh, (laughs) tell them to expect when they come to the festival this year?
2: I think this year and any year, you can expect four days or five days, depending on when you're coming into Forks of unfiltered Twilight fun. I mean, the the city of Forks really has curated a jam-packed festival full of any sort of Twilight focused event you could imagine, you know, live podcast tapings, fan fiction panel discussions, parties, galas, breakfast, you get tons of meals there. You know, there's something for everybody. And I think it's an opportunity to just celebrate fandom in person. And You know, if you're a cosplayer yourself, if you want to come to Forks and have your full Bella experience, you know, you can enter the costume contest. The Olympic Coven is someone you can take photos with and, you know, pretend you're, say, Bella or Alice. You know, we're there to really provide entertainment to the fans and and to make them feel that when they're walking around the city of Forks or having fun at a Friday night party, you know that that we're there to with them. You know that that the Collins are just people who exist in Forks, and they happen to also be at these events celebrating, uh, celebrating Twilight because that's the story of their lives, right? It's the story of Bella's life, so of course they would be there. So yeah, if you come to Forks, expect to meet a ton of new friends, even if you come not knowing anybody. Um, expect to talk about Twilight a lot. Expect to feel in your element because nobody there is judging you for liking Twilight too much, and expect to come away I think with memories of a lifetime and. Again, I want to say a lot of people don't really know what to expect from the Olympic Coven, you know, in Forks. I know we can be sort of intimidating because we're a large group of people. We're dressed up like these characters that you've only seen on film and you're like, Can I can I approach them? Like, do they talk to me? Are they scary? You know, they've got such a large social media presence. Are they mean? Are they nice? Are they a clique? Like, what's going on here? But I, I just want to let everyone know that the Olympic Coven, our sole role. Is to go to Forks and make you feel good and make you feel welcome and let you meet a vampire and take pictures with Edward or you know be bitten by Jasper. Not really, but you know uh, we're we're there to kind of bring the fantasy to life. So please always feel welcome to approach us or we'll approach you. So either way, <laughs> be ready yeah. to meet Alice and Fork. <laughs> it
1: mm-hmm. is pretty intimidating. I gotta be honest. I think last year also was a little weird because we were all social distancing and wearing yeah. masks and stuff. But hopefully, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the protocols will be this year, but it was intimidating. But then you guys give off such a vibe of welcoming that it, it went away really fast. You know, there was like the initial like, oh my God, God, I cannot approach them. They're perfect. But but then you guys are all like, Oh, you know, like, get in the picture, come join us. And it just, it went away immediately. It turned into like, oh, I can actually like hang out and and talk to you guys. It's amazing. Like the breakfast specifically where we all kind of had to go through, you know, like buffet style and you guys were behind (laughs) the tables. And I was like, oh, I'm so sad that we're all kind of behind the tables, but it almost didn't matter because you guys took the time to sit and talk to everybody individually. And it, it was amazing. It really felt you know, I mean, like back to the Disneyland style, it really felt that way. It really felt like you were taking the time to talk to each person, look us in the eye, see how we're doing. What's up with your day? Have you been having fun? Like it was, it was perfect. It was exactly what you want from that experience. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, it's what we pay for, but you know what I mean? It just feels really good to be welcomed to not feel like we can't approach you. It felt really awesome.
2: Well, that's that makes me glad to hear. And and of course, yeah, it's what you it's what you pay for. But I think there are a lot of scenarios where you don't necessarily get what you pay for at like other conventions or like oh, I paid for the celebrity photo op and I was rushed through it in three seconds. Like it's, yeah. we really enjoy meeting fellow Twilight fans. We love having conversations with fans. If you have a conversation with me, it will be fully in character. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, I guess my ultimate goal is to make people come away feeling like they met the real life Alice, which, you know, I, I, I'm sure some people say, oh, you know, she's delusional. She thinks she's <laughs> the real life Alice. But no, in that <laughs> moment, I am playing a role. Um, I'm in Forks for one reason and one reason only. And that's to bring this little vampire to life and meet fellow fans and celebrate this thing we all love. So thank you for suspending your disbelief with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I always will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Last year I kept having like starstruck moments where I would look at whoever was around and be like, Oh my God. And then it would take like a good 30 seconds to be like, wait, this is someone who I've like (laughs) talked with.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, and 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 like our friends with, right? But I think Forks overall has this surreal quality to it. You know, when the mist rolls in and you're driving around Lake Crescent and you, you know, you see that Forks sign for the first time, there is a certain magic to it, and it does feel like you've crossed this threshold into another world. And you know, we're lucky to be such a small part of that. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) We want to talk more about you yourself. We know that you're completely Alice out most of the time that we interact (laughs) with you, but. I want to know outside of Twilight, what are your passion projects, and what are things that you've been working on these past couple months since we last saw you?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. Outside of Twilight, I have a ton of hobbies. Um, I love to bake. I am a huge baker. Um, it's how I show my love for people. I love to travel. I love to read. Um, obviously, since uh, you know, young adult is kind of my my thing, but. For me, reading has always been the flip side of writing. I've known I wanted to be a writer since I was a little kid. I remember being in the third grade and my Christmas present to my mom that year was uh, a little story that I wrote myself and I wrote it up on the class computer and I didn't know how to use the space bar. Like I had just like, started learning how to type, I guess, I didn't know how to use the space bar. So I would use the mouse to create spaces between each word so you can you can like see how long that took me to do but that was my first I guess work as a quote-unquote author was in the third grade and I was like I really like this I love to read I love to write and I just kept writing short little stories from there so right now what I'm actually working on is a young adult fantasy I don't want to say too much about it but it's set in my hometown of Toronto Um, it's kind of the story that I've always wanted to read featuring a protagonist that is Greek, like me, from an immigrant family, like me. Uh, That's kind of where the similarities end. But I wanted to, you know, kind of see myself on the, you know, where I came from a little bit more on the page. So I'm writing that story. And it's done. It's it's complete at at more than 100. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I actually just finished it. It's complete at it's clocking in at over 100,000 words at this point. So I need to edit it. I've written a query that I feel really good about. I've put together a list of agents. So now I'm going to start sending it out into the world and see if it resonates with anyone. And even if it doesn't, that's okay. I don't think your art is necessarily valid or invalid, depending on who sees it or how far it goes or how much money it makes you. I think there's value in creativity for creativity's sake. And if nothing else happens, I wrote the story I wanted to read. And I love the characters I created and the world I created. And... I hope other people do too, if they get the opportunity to ever read it. So yeah, please stay tuned. Maybe we'll do a follow-up episode and I can tell you how that's going.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so happy and excited for you. I cannot wait to buy your book from a local bookseller. (laughs) That's incredible. And that's exactly my genre too. So I am so happy for you. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And I, like I said, it might be premature. It might not go anywhere, but I think um, there's value in dreaming. And mm-hmm. right now my dream is to get this published. So will like I said, we'll, just, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Yay.
0: <laughs> I'll cross all of them for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now you have done a lot of cosplaying throughout your life. I also wanted to incorporate your, what you're doing now, your writing and stuff like that. I want to know, Cause I think it's really interesting to know if if somebody wants to be a cosplayer or a writer or something like that, what is your favorite thing about the work that you're doing? And then also your least favorite thing about the work that you do.
2: I think for both of them, it's the same. It's the opportunity to connect with my favorite thing. I should say is the opportunity to connect with like-minded people who understand what you're doing and, and, in some shape or form, needed the type of art you're putting into the world. So they they really love it and it resonates with them. My least favorite thing is when uh, people find what you're doing and it doesn't resonate with them. And instead of realizing this piece of art is simply not for me, they take a moment out of their day to leave an unkind word or tear you down in some way. Mm. So I think there is a level of, I think, emotional intelligence maturity that comes along with knowing that just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's bad. It just simply wasn't for me. And, um, you know, I suspect if my book goes anywhere, you know, I'm going to be facing even larger forms of like, maybe criticism or discussion or discourse, and not all of it's going to be, you know, fun. But then again, that's how you grow as an artist as well. So here I am thinking about things that haven't even happened yet. But you know, as, as a cosplayer, I will definitely say that uh, unkind comments are usually unconstructive, but we do appreciate constructive criticism. So um, unkind comments uh, that are solely designed to like hurt you or bring you down are probably my least favorite, but connecting with the right people at the right time. That's my favorite thing.
1: Oh, that's great. I love that answer. I hate so, that so too. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> it's I do.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I i did not mean to cut you off. I just like, I no, wish, I wish more people would take that to heart where it's like, if you don't like a thing or you don't like a person, just it's okay to just move on. It's okay. You don't have to drag it out. You don't have to tell all your friends. You don't have to make it a big thing. You can just Realize that that person is not your person and move on with your life or that project or that whatever. Yeah,
0: it's something that I've come to appreciate more about our podcast, especially as we talked to Sarah, who also is like big on TikTok. And it kind of just made me realize how blessed we are that the people who come to us purposely seek out Twilight. It's not like you're listening on your podcast feed and you're gonna accidentally stumble across (laughs) one of our episodes. Like people come to us because they want Twilight content, whereas people like you who just kind of put things out for anyone and everyone to come across, you have to make yourself a lot more vulnerable through that process to coming across people who are having a bad day or had a bad experience with a Twilight fan or just Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And then you become their platform to like work through that publicly. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. And I, I do try to approach those moments with kindness because, you know, there's a part of me that's like, if somebody is lashing out of this way, they might be having a bad day. There might be something going on at home, but there are those moments when I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm having a bad day too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you're not very nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. And one thing, one thing specifically I will say the, is that I've watched you over the years be kind and gracious and you always meet negativity with um just graciousness you're very good at saying you know you can move on now (laughs) you don't need to be doing this (laughs) it's it's fine and I've always appreciated that so much about you I think that's a great quality to have (laughs) thank you I
2: appreciate that
0: (laughs) so we're all excited to see you again this September our next question for you is how are you planning on staying involved with twilight beyond this year And just another thought that I had while you were talking about the festival that I want to add on to this is, have you ever wanted to experience the
2: festival out, like not as a cosplayer, just as a fan? That's a great question. I think having done it for so long as a cosplayer, I think it would be strange for me to do it as a fan because I would, I think, naturally try to snap into some type of role, like a working role, like how can I help? Or, you know, I would like... (laughs) Cause I'm a planner like Alice. And so I would naturally kind of like, I think try to take over, you know? So I think my best <laughs> role <laughs> is, you know, a place where I'm not stepping on any toes or annoying anyone is, is, is Alice, you know, <laughs> cause I have a little job for myself and I, and I can do it, you know, and I'm not driving anyone crazy, hopefully doing that. So yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm where I'm meant to be as Alice for the festival and, you know, staying connected to Twilight in 2022 and beyond, it's a great question. Um, I, I, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from creating content this year simply because I wanted to focus on my book. And I've taken a lot of inspiration from Stephanie Meyer's publishing journey. Um, I think there's a lot about her story and how she was able to turn Twilight into the success that it is, you know, in, in such a short period of time that, when I think about those days where it's like, I don't have any motivation to write or I have nothing to say on this page right now, I think about how she was able to do it through sleepless nights and having kids and how she turned this dream into reality in only six months. And that is really inspirational for me. So I keep that in mind when i'm when I'm struggling and uh, and so I, I've had to put content for Twilight on the back burner to focus on this new passion project. and I even haven't really been reading as much young adult as I normally would because I don't want to accidentally you know uh, it's what it's what authors say about reading fan fiction right you don't want to accidentally take someone's idea or someone's wording or a plot point or a character point or whatever it is so I've been really just focusing on my own thing this year so you know, once I'm finished with that and, and going to 2023, I think I'll have more opportunities to create content, maybe get back on TikTok more frequently. And that's something I'm definitely looking forward to because I've met a lot of fans online who say, you know, your TikToks bring me a lot of joy. Alice is my comfort character. Alice is the character who made me um, realize my sexuality or my gender identity. And that to me is a very important thing. And I, And I wouldn't want to just disappear on those people. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I love, I love that. It. We need to see the Bella's reality come, like, really <laughs> to the forefront. Yes, that's uh, what we I most want. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely want to create more Bella's content this year. That's for sure. It's it's a passion for both me and Christy Lynn, and even Sam when she plays uh, when she plays uh, Bella, she's all about the Bella's content too. So. <laughs>
1: oh yeah! Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It speaks to so many people. It's really beautiful. <laughs>
2: It's, it's, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I,
1: I think we're all kind of just really inspired by Stephanie's journey. And I thought, I love that you took that into your, your work this year. I think that's great.
2: Absolutely. I, I think, you know, um, for whatever people's opinions are on Stephanie Meyer and her writing, I got a lot of pleasure reading her books and I love success stories. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's easy to maybe compare yourself negatively to people or put yourself down if things don't happen in quite the same way for you. But I, I love hearing about people who are doing well. I love people who are making it. I, I love people whose dreams are coming true. And that's what twilight represents to me. Someone's dream coming true quite literally. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would love that for myself and I would love to inspire other people in the process.
1: Yep. Me too. All right. Now this one is not as serious or complicated as with some of the stuff we've been talking about, but it's really important. Um, <laughs> If you were in the same room with Edward Cullen, what is the thing you would least want him to overhear
2: you thinking about? So I, I, I gave this a little bit of thought and (laughs) you know what, the thing that I would least want Edward to overhear me thinking about is negativity about myself. (laughs) Because I think for Edward, the snippets of thoughts that he hears about people becomes reality to him. It's how he uh, contextualizes those people. It's how he characterizes them. So, you know, he's caught Rosalie looking in a mirror one too many times. And <laughs> now her mind is a shallow pool and she's vapid. And, you know, I, I, she's a person, you know, she, she has layers. She has thoughts. She has feelings. She has desires and emotions. And she can't possibly be the one-dimensional figure that Edward has boiled her down to. But <laughs> because he overhears her thoughts and, and she, she happens to, like, feel good about how she looks that day, she's all of those things. So I would hate to characterize myself as uh, being awful and looking awful and being ugly and whatever it is and having Edward start to believe that about me. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, I think I would, I would just try to uh, limit a little bit of that because we know Edward, he's pretty judgmental and that's all he would remember. So. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) That is a great answer. And it's true. If, if someone heard every terrible thing that I thought about myself, they'd be like, I never want to be around her. It's nonstop. So I'm going to take that one to heart too. <laughs> yeah. And and also
2: like, we have a tendency to think about ourselves and talk about ourselves in ways that we would never talk to our friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when my friends are being hard on themselves, I say, Hey, don't talk about my friend like that because I think it's important to take a step back and realize that like, you're feeling, poor poorly in the moment but you know that's not who you are you're not an awful person you're certainly not ugly you're not a waste of space you're not any of those things and the more we say those things to ourselves the more we believe it and again i would not want to be stuck in a thought loop with edward (laughs) no i (laughs) love that the person i am in his mind because i think of myself you know Mm
1: -hmm. we should make bracelets that say w w-e-t what would Edward think <laughs> so that we can like watch our thoughts like because that's I've never thought about that before but I think I have terrible thoughts about myself all day long and so it would be really nice to have that reminder to be like no I don't want Edward to think I hate myself
2: yeah <laughs> I chances, love are that. He, chances are he already hates us anyway I mean he is so
1: yeah
2: <laughs> I'm just Thank you
0: for taking time out of your day to meet with us. We appreciate it so much. Um, I know it's a Monday afternoon. So we just again, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, before we let you go back to your regular day. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up? And can you also leave everybody with your social
2: handles and how they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I think we left it all on the table. I don't think there's anything <sighs> that I haven't said that I wanted to say. So again, thank you so much for the time and the space. For me, you can catch me at Forever Twilight and Forks, which starts on, dun where's my calendar? Uh, September 8th, um, and it runs through September 11th. So very excited to uh, hopefully meet some new people, reconnect with fans that we've met in the past, Alongside the Olympic Coven. Uh, again, we're here for you guys. We're here to entertain you, to converse with you, to make you feel like these vampires are real. So please don't be afraid to come up and say hi to us and ask for a photo. That's literally what we're there for. Um, but if you want to follow me online, you can find me at mary.alice.brandon on Instagram. And I'm the same handle, Mary Alice Brandon, all one word on TikTok. And you can also follow the Olympic Coven at the Olympic Coven on Instagram and TikTok, same handle for both places. So yeah, we, we appreciate uh, all the support. And if you'd like to follow us on Patreon, um, our pledges start as low as $5 a month, but those pledges really add up in importance. You know, contact lenses, makeup, wigs, they are not inexpensive things as uh, basically every cosplayer knows. So if you'd like to follow us there and be part of our success story, please feel free to check us out at patreon.com slash the Olympic
1: Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this wonderful interview with V. Uh, V, it has been amazing to have you on the show again. We cannot wait to talk to you, and we cannot wait to see you and hug you very soon in Washington. Um, To everybody listening, follow V on all of her socials. Um, V, would you like to give us a remember?
2: Yes, and remember, what would ever think?
1: (laughs) All right, love you guys. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. You've been remembering Twilight with Marin and
1: Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Twilight Podcast.
0: Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus episode, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect
1: with our awesome community. You can message us at Remember Twilight Podcast at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on Anchor or leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you to Stephanie Meyer for sharing her dream and making ours come true.